Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Welcome inside How She Did It. If you're returning, thanks for coming back. And if you're new here, thanks for joining us. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. So today's guest got her start in the sports media industry through radio. You've seen her previously as a moderator on FS1's Undisputed. And now she has her own podcast and is a co-host on one of my favorite shows, The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Here's Joy Taylor. Hey everybody, Amanda Smith here with Joy Taylor. Um, I was literally watching you this morning on The Herd and I'm like, she's going to be on the show today. <laughs> so same hair, same outfit maybe? Yes, yeah. uh, no, different outfit because I've oh, okay. been uh, running errands since The Herd. But yeah, same, mostly same hair, whatever's left of it. But the moral of the story is thank you for, for taking time for me today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, happy to do it. So a couple weeks back, it was National Radio Day, which shout out that there's a holiday for everything now, <laughs> here for it. And you had posted a picture saying that radio was your first love in media. What sort of drew you to that platform specifically? Um, well, I started at Barry University in Miami. That's where I graduated from. And when I first got to Barry, I was a broadcast uh, journalism major, and I just wanted to get just as much experience and everything as possible. So I had a professor, shout out to Connie Hicks, Professor Connie Hicks, um, who was like my college mom. Um, she came in, it was in her class, and she had someone come in from the radio station on the uh, campus and talk to everyone in the classes, everyone's broadcast majors, and just letting everyone know like they need programming. And if you know, if you want to come down, come talk to one of the managers and like, you know, you can have your own show and it's very open. Um, you know, whatever you want to talk about, whether it's politics or news or music or sports, whatever, um, they just, they need to fill out the programming schedule and they're open. So I was like, Why <laughs> everyone doing the radio station, like, okay, I, I would assume like everyone on campus, you know, who has something to say would want to do it. So I went down, I asked her for the information after class and went down. And, you know, pretty much the entire time I was at Barry, I was a part of WBRY, which is the radio station there. And yeah, I mean, that, that kind of like hands-on experience. I mean, obviously it's a university radio station, so it's not like we had the most high-tech equipment, but you know, it's all pretty much the same theory, you know, whatever um, level you're at. So that was super helpful as an experience. And then I started interning in Miami. Uh, I started on the Joe Rose show, um, the WQAM, 6 a.m., 6 to 10 a.m. Uh, as a college student in Miami was a was a break into radio, um, but Joe was great and that was a good experience. And then from being there, just being in the building, um, I got to know DJ Laz at Power 96 and Evie and Lucy Lopez. So just you know being on the same floor, I would go over there and see everybody. And so I kind of talked my way into an internship over there. Um, back in those times, back in the day, uh, <laughs> you are not that old. <laughs> uh, you would be surprised. Um, I, I graduated in 2009, so it's, I'm 10 years out of college now. Um, but back in the day, you just interned for free, and there weren't a lot of, like, you know, sometimes you'd go through college and get credit or whatever, but, you know, people would just let you get experience, which is, you know, it's better now that they have everything done by the book. But, <laughs> you know, I, I basically interned for free for two years in college um, at those radio stations and then worked as a manager um, at WBRY at Barry too. So... Radio always interested me because it's 
was an opinion platform. And while I love TV, uh, and now TV has become pretty much an all opinion platform, radio was the original one. And I also feel like radio is a great training tool for television because it teaches you how to talk and you have to fill a lot of time. And it also teaches you to embrace the idea of, which is a radio concept of play the hits. So, you know, you have a song that's, you know, whatever, uh, Lizzo, Truth Hurts, you know, and everyone like gets in the car and I, and I love Lizzo, like queen. But, you know, you hear it every single day in the car, like you feel like you just hear it over and over. It's because you do hear it over and over because everyone's requesting it and you have to play the hits. And it's the same, th- same concept with t- uh, television, same concept with political television, same concept with radio, that you have to give people um, kind of a, a new version, but of the biggest stories of the day. So deeper, not wider. And that's really helped me through my career. So I just, I love the concepts of radio. I know I'm being super nerdy right now, but- Not um, even. That's that's kind of how I, how I fell in love with it. It's been really helpful, everything that I've learned from my experience in radio. Um, and now obviously I'm back in radio with Colin um, has helped me. And, and what I've noticed is like throughout the business, when people know that you've done radio, specifically sports radio, it's like respect because because you know like you're in, you're in like these these tiny little studios and you know it's it can be a bit of a grind but it's it's worth it because you can kind of just create your own persona and I mean the biggest guy in the business um it's obviously like Oprah and like Howard Stern obviously completely different spectrums but you know you they're you know one name Howard Oprah you know what I mean like they've created their empires off of branding their uh, personas through opinion and, you know, creating an environment where people feel like they're in the room. And that's, that's really what I appreciate about radio. Howard, Oprah, and Joy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the jobs that you've had within the radio business and your website says it, and it's kind of true that you came in and you knocked down the doors of what seems to sometimes be the boys club of sports talk radio. How did you break down those barriers of being a woman in a still rare role? Um, well, I was really lucky. I worked with a lot of great people who believed in me, and that's that's important. Um, I think in any business, you got to have a break here and there. But I also just approached the business with the mentality that like no is not an option. And I don't know if you want to say, unfortunately, to me, I feel like it's an advantage. If people don't take you seriously or people underestimate you, then you have, to me, the advantage. It's when you have the come in with these incredible expectations and you have to live up to this unrealistic uh, idea that it you know, can kind of become problemsome. But if you come in and you're just like, you're the girl in the room, but you know more about this experience and you've studied harder than this person, like you'll, the best will always rise to the top. And you, you know, everyone's going to have situations in their career where they just have a bad boss or they, you know, got hired at a bad time at the company and everybody, you know, gets let go. Like things happen. Like I've had every kind of experience in the business, but, um, to me, I just always tell people, I kind of went in with the mentality that I'm going to be better, not because I am better, but because I'm going to work harder. Like I'm going to do the extra hours. I'm going to take the extra assignment. I'm going to, not do things where, you know, you're just, you know, a company's just taking advantage of you, but you have to make yourself 
uh, not replaceable. And in a business where you kind of get the feeling like you're kind of always made to feel replaceable. Um, and that's just through, honestly, the hard work. It sounds very cliche, but you just have to work harder than everybody. And it'll actually benefit you because it'll make you better. So yes, it's a boys club, but I mean, if you know, if you have a personality and you're entertaining and you know what you're talking about, like it, it, it will come to you because you're putting the work in. <laughs> Shout out queen. Also, I like speaking of Lizzo, I saw like a meme the other day that was like, I got to stop being insecure. I'm disappointing Lizzo. <laughs> like preach. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> That's really how I feel. First of all, Lizzo is like my Beyonce right now. Yeah. Uh, um, we have to protect her at all costs. Um, happy birthday, <laughs> Beyonce, by the way. It's her birthday. Um, but yeah, no, it's true. Like if you doubt yourself, other people will see that and they'll doubt you too. And obviously there's a balance you have to walk there, but I always think you have to find something that is an advantage to you. So I played sports growing up. I ran track, played soccer, played volleyball, played basketball, basketball since I was in like fifth or sixth grade, same with track. So I know all of that lifestyle and what that entails. And then I ran track in college too. So I'm a collegiate athlete, so I can speak to, you know, what those pressures are and, you know, what, what, what it means to be recruited and going on trips and dealing with the NCAA, you know, so don't ever play down like your own experiences and what you bring as an individual to, to the business or to your brands. Like just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you weren't an NCAA athlete. Doesn't mean you didn't go on, you know, recruiting trips. Like you can, you can use all of those things to your advantage and your experience and where you, where you speak from. You know, to those who maybe watch you and listen to you and want to be in the position that you have one day, what would you say to them? Well, I would say decide what it is exactly that you want to do. Because a lot of people think this business is very limited, and it's not. There are so many jobs in this business. It's not just um, being an opinionist. You know, there's sideline reporters. There's football sideline reporters. There's college football sideline reporters and NFL sideline reporters. There's NASCAR. There is Olympics, track and field. Like, there's women's basketball. There's, like, what is it that you specifically want to do? Do you want to be a sideline reporter? Do you want to do what I do? Do you want to do what Skip Bayless does, which is very different from what Colin does? Do you want to host? Do you want to moderate? Do you want to host a radio show specifically? Do you want to work on behind the scenes? Do you want to produce? Do you want to create shows? Do you want to be an executive? Do you want to deal with talent? Like <laughs> there are a mil a graphics editor, like there's a million producer, there's a million jobs. And if you, I run into a lot of people who are like, yeah, you know, I really want to get in the business. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, what do you want to do? Um, I don't know. I could produce or I could, um, you know, maybe start behind the scenes. And then I think I want to do radio. Like, I always knew I wanted to be an opinionist because I have a lot of stuff to say. <laughs> and so everything that I do aligns with the end goal of eventually getting my own show. So if I'm like, ah, I don't really know, like, do I want to produce? Because producing is really fun and it's very hands-on and very rewarding. So do I want to be a producer? Do I want to be a showrunner? But if I'm, if I'm trying to do that, then I'm taking a very different career path. So the very first thing that you need to decide and there's a lot of ways to be successful in the business is decide what it is you want to do. Because if you're unsure, that's fine. There was a time where I was unsure about, you know, what business I even wanted to be in. But if you're unsure, you're just doing a lot of stuff. There's a famous uh, John Wooden quote, never mistake activity for achievement. So you're very busy, but you're busy not doing anything. Like if you want to be a doctor, you're not going to go out and work on cars all day. 
it's the same concept with the media business. You really want to pick what you want to do. And maybe one day you will do it and you won't like it. You want to do something else. But it's very hard to be successful at anything in life without goals. And like, it sounds silly, like write it on your mirror or write it down and put it on a post-it note or something like people think it sounds very obnoxious, but some of the most successful people in the world give themselves reminders every day of what their goal is and what they need to do today. And you are what you habitually do. So you have to pick something that you want to do first. And it sounds very limiting. It's, you know, we're all artists, so we won't sound <laughs> by that, but it's super, super important. And you can get to that and then say, okay, I love this, but I want to evolve to this, but you need to reach goals first. So that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing is just, you know, once you decide, just really try to find a mentor that you trust, you know, and not just one, you know, get, just reach out. People will give you advice and, and help you along the way, um, you know, let you come in and watch their show and ask questions. And people are actually much more open to, you know, helping the next generation um, come along. Uh, in my opinion, I think there's more than enough room in the business, especially now uh, for everyone. So, you know, I think being around like the next wave is super important anyway, but a lot of people feel the same way. So you, you will have people who will help you um, and, you know, take their advice if it's good advice and it's someone that you trust. And then also just really work hard, like find what it is that you love that you're good at and just dig in on that. But it's it's a commitment. It's not I will not sit here and say it's going to be easy. It's not easy. Like you're joking that I'm not that old. Like I've been in the business for 12 years. That's 12 years. So that's it's it's longer than you think. And 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 I just got to FS1 three years ago. So to put it in perspective, like it doesn't happen overnight, but nothing that is worth it is is going to be overnight. So you really want to you really want to focus and I, I again I don't want to sound like too cliche but it, that's really what it is like it's it's just hard work and focus when you knew that okay I want to be an opinionist were there jobs that you turned down because they didn't fit that goal oh yeah yeah because in the business you know you're going to start once you start building a reputation and you start building a brands people are going to come to you with opportunities and some might be like, wow, you know, I could make a ton of money doing this or I could go to this city and be, you know, a news anchor. And that pays a lot more than being a sports reporter in this city. But is that going to help you get to where you want to go? And, you know, every opportunity is not legit. So just because somebody comes to you like, hey, you know, I want you to be this freelance reporter for this event. You know, you got to vet things and follow up and look at their website and see what they've done and. So yeah, you have, you, you're going to turn down things, but that's fine. That's a good thing that you have the ability to have opportunities to turn down. But yeah, you, you, you're going to run into things that don't work for you once you decide what you want to do. And I've, I've, I've turned down things. It's not because it wasn't a bad thing or a negative thing. It just wasn't the right thing. I mean, it didn't fit that angle that you had in mind of, I want to get to here. Right. It just didn't match the path. Like it, it didn't right. fit. Right. Uh, yeah. And everyone's path is different. And I think that oftentimes too, you know, I've done it too, where I ask people like, how did you get to where you are? And everyone has such a different story. Um, so there's no one right way to do something. Yeah. You got to find what works for you. And like, you know, my path was kind of unique because I came up through radio and, you know, some people come up through writing, you know, Skip right. was a columnist for like 30 years, you know, I mean, he did radio too, but you know, he was mostly known for writing. So like everybody, everybody, like you said, has a different path. But the one thing in common is they all have the same goal, like the goal of reaching the success that they're at now. 
Shout out to all of y'all. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere because coming up on the other side, Joy and I are playing a round of Sane or Crazy. Mm. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith here with Joy Taylor, who has her own podcast, Maybe I'm Crazy, which I ask myself many times a day. So we are going to play a round of Sane or Crazy, NFL edition to honor opening day. Mm. Yeah. Do it. Okay. So, Joy, Zeke's six-year, $90 million extension, making him the highest-paid running back in the NFL. Sane or crazy? I think it's sane. I think that teams have very small windows to win championships when they have all their talent in their prime. They have everything clicking. They have uh, a connection between the running backs and receivers and the quarterback, and everything is just just aligns perfectly unless you're the Patriots and they're there every year. So they needed Zeke. They were not going to even have a chance of winning the Super Bowl without him. And a lot of people don't think they have a chance of winning with him, but they had to pay him. And for all of Jerry Jones talk about pie, like there's you have more than enough pie. Nobody understands the salary cap in any sport anyway. So, it, you know, it's <laughs> not even really worth discussing. I don't care about the money. People get all caught up in the money. Like I said, the only number that matters really is the guaranteed number when it comes to NFL contracts anyway. So he got 50 million guaranteed. It's a long contract. So it's not gonna have the salary cap implications that everyone thinks, even though it feels like a massive number. It's six years and it's 50 million guaranteed. So however you wanna balance that out um, and then take into account that they already had him under contract for two more years anyway. So they needed Zeke. Um, to me, the more dramatic contract is gonna be Dak's contract and what happens with him because I don't understand what they're doing with that. Like I would have signed mm -hmm. the quarterback first, um, especially considering Zeke's off the field uh, inconsistencies. But I uh, know I think it's sane. I think they had to do it. You talk about quarterbacks, guaranteed numbers. How about Jared Goff's guaranteed 110 million? Same I, crazy. I like Jared Goff a lot. Colin and I talk about this a lot because we're in LA and it's a very hard place to hide. And I have never seen Jared Goff anywhere. Not that I am <laughs> out and about like that, but I've never seen him and neither is Colin. And that's, I mean, he's the quarterback of the LA Rams. Right. Might, you know, run into him at a Starbucks or something, but he's never out. And that's a good thing. Like he's, he's consistent. I mean, he, he, they were in the Super Bowl last year. You had to pay him. Um, again, like the numbers for a quarterback or numbers for a running back or whoever the top paid guy is, is always going to be critiqued. But guess what? The next guy that comes up for a contract, he's going to be the highest paid. And then guess what? The next guy is going to be the highest paid after that. So unless you're Jacoby Brissett, it's going to always out, outmatch the number before it. Like it's, they set the mark and then the next guy is going to get paid that. So the numbers again, don't really, um, give me pause. And I think that Jared Goff is a great top level quarterback and he's going to be there for years to come. So again, you had to sign him. So people get, you know, caught up in, is it McVay? Is it Goff? You know, is it Mahomes? Is it Reed? It's a combination of the two every single time. You're never going to have a quarterback that's won multiple, multiple Super Bowls or been to multiple Super Bowls without a high level coach in the NFL. Like if you look through history, that's just how it works. So uh, I think it's a great match and it makes sense for them. All right. Speaking of Super Bowls, Hot take. The Patriots won't be in the Super Bowl. Sane or crazy? Um, sane. I don't like the Patriots receivers this year. 
I know it's still Tom Brady, and I know it's Belichick. Um, their center, I believe, is out for the year as well with blood clots, and that's a pretty important position. I, I'm somewhat speaking from a hopeful place and then also <laughs> trying to, you know, use some actual NFL football ration to it, but um, I don't. I don't think they make the Super Bowl this year. I think all of the other teams around the league have taken a step up, the, the high-level teams. I don't think that the Rams are going to have a Super Bowl hangover at all, and I don't think that the Chiefs have gotten worse at all. Kareem Hunt is obviously a big loss for them, but, you know, they just signed LaShawn McCoy. They'll figure that part out. They still have Mahomes. Everything is, else is still in place. Tyreek Hill is still there. So, uh, no, I don't think that the Patriots make the Super Bowl this year. There you have it for this week on Sane or Crazy with Joy Taylor. <laughs> We're going to take another quick break. Don't go anywhere because coming up next, Joy is answering your questions. Stick around. All right, everybody. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Amanda Smith here still with Joy Taylor. She hasn't left yet. And she is now answering your questions. So... From Dragon Ball Drew, he would like to know, what are some of your ambitions and professional goals moving forward in your career? Um, good question. I would like to eventually host my own show um, by my own, not necessarily meaning I wouldn't have a co-host, but um, be the host of my own show on on network or, you know, uh, otherwise. But that's that's been my, my goal my whole career. And, you know, after that, who knows? But that's the next step in, in my career is to host my own show. <laughs> you know I'm a listen. <laughs> I'm already subscribed to Maybe I'm Crazy. You better go do it too. Exactly. You too. <laughs> okay. So the awesomeator, which apparently he's awesome, <laughs> says, what was it like going from undisputed to the herd? Um, it wasn't too much of an adjustment because I had filled in for Christine a lot on the herd. Um, before while I was working on Undisputed, so I I knew the beats of the show already. I'd worked with Colin a bunch before I made the transition, so I pretty much knew the the lay of the land. Um, so there wasn't a big transitional period from Undisputed to the Herd. As far as the actual shows, obviously it's you know night and day with the structure of the show. Undisputed is a debate show, and I was the moderator of it, so you know it's intensity for two and a half hours back and forth, back and forth. Um, and you have to pay attention the entire time because at any moment it can, you know, the ping pong ball can bounce to you. And, you know, you're, you're, it's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. So there's a lot going on and <laughs> they are great and super fun to work with. It's an awesome show and I loved every second of it. And especially to be a part of, you know, the show that launched Skip and Shannon on FS1 was really special. So we had a, we had a really great time on that show. And now Colin, um, obviously, I said I'd worked with Colin before. Um, Colin is completely different from Skip and Shannon uh, in the um, in the way he prepares for the show is different. Skip and Shannon do not talk about what they're going to say on the show at all <laughs> before the show. Like it is like these are the topics. Bye bye. We'll see you when the show starts. Like there's no revealing of what their takes are whatsoever. Colin does a much longer meeting and like fleshes everything out. It's much more theoretical. Um, so it's a different style of show, and it's radio, obviously. So the beats of the show, you know, how long the segments are, how long the breaks are, are totally different. Um, but they're both they're both really fun, and I'm I'm enjoying being on the herd right now. It's 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 been great, and Colin's great to work with. You do such a good job. Like I said, the herd has always been one of my favorite shows to watch, and I watched it when Christine was on it, and so now to have you on it, I'm like, Joy's coming on the pod today. This is too cool. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so L. J. Grayson says maybe you get asked this a lot 
But do you think the Colts missed a golden opportunity to try out Cap or sign him? Um, I don't get asked this a lot, actually. I I think that a lot of teams have missed an opportunity to sign Colin Kaepernick. And that's kind of why it's hard to debate anymore that there is not some kind of collusion or agreements, even if it is unspoken, that he will not play in the NFL again, which is a shame because especially when you look at some of the quarterback talent that has been signed for a backup position, it's like, mm, really? And I understand it's the quarterback position. So, you know, when you are in that position, there's a certain different uh, type of scrutiny that you come under. Obviously, Kaepernick is going to be a huge story if he's signed somewhere. But that said, I think at the end of the day, if it's a strong organization, they can make that happen. And it's it's really unfortunate. Um, I think that the main purpose of not signing him is to deter other people from doing that in the future, from protesting in the future, which, again, I also feel is um, just wrong. I think I, I, don't, I don't think that the situation was handled properly at any from start to finish. Um, Kaepernick was completely within his right to do that. And you can talk about, you know, it's someone else's stage. It's the chicken or the egg. Nobody's ever come to a game other than a Dallas Cowboys game to see the owner. Not one fan ever. You can't buy an owner jersey in the in the team store. No one's there for them. And, you know, it's it's kind of an ego thing. I understand we live in polarizing times, but there's nothing polarizing about what he was protesting. So... Uh, you know, I, I don't it's it's not, it's really just sad. Like it's a sad situation. He deserves another opportunity to play in the NFL. And once you know, when you look at the talent that has been signed at, at a backup position and he's not trying to get a starting position, there's all these theories that people have out there like, oh, well, you know, he wants to come in and be the starter. He doesn't want to play for this amount of money. It's like it's all nonsense. It's just excuses. But, yeah, I mean, it's not limited to the Colts. There's there's a number of teams. I mean, obviously, the Dolphins would have been a perfect position over the past couple of years to sign Kaepernick. And, you know, a lot, a, a lot of teams have missed the boat with that. Do you think we'll see a time where he's in the game again? I don't because, you know, it's been a couple of years now. Right. That he hasn't played in the league. And not that that matters because there's guys who are literally sitting on the couch who have been signed because there's such a demand for quarterbacks. But I think in his situation, people look for any excuse not to give him an opportunity. And the longer that he is out, the more it feels like that's not going to happen. All right. Last question we have for you today is from Brandon C. Smith 5. And he says, Joy, how did you make the jump from radio to TV? Well, when I was working in radio, I was freelance, freelancing, doing a lot of TV, like reporting stuff. Um, in Miami. So I was slowly getting experience doing that, whether it was sidelines. Um, I worked, you know, covering youth sports, um, high school sports, uh, all kinds of stuff in Miami freelancing. And then eventually I started working with CBSSports.com with um, Fantasy Football Today and Thursday Night Football on CBS Sports. So Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard. So that was that was a really good experience, and that was studio. So that was kind of like the next step up from freelance reporting. Um, not every day, obviously, I was still doing radio, but that that was like my first step into the studio uh, network type of of work. So freelancing is super important when you're trying to break into TV. You got to be careful again with it because not everything is legit. 
But now it's kind of, you know, that was a while ago. Um, but now it's very different because, uh, you know, digital shows are taken very seriously now. A lot of people have digital shows, YouTube shows, podcasts, and that really didn't exist at the time when I was trying to break into the business. Like you really had to get with something that's going to be on TV um, in order to get stuff for your reel. And you really don't have to do that anymore. So for someone who's trying to break into TV or transition from say podcasts to TV or podcasts to digital shows, like you can really just do it yourself. <laughs> like you have, as long as you have a computer or not even that, just do it on a phone. You know, you can get stuff for your reel. Obviously it's nice to have network level production and graphics and stuff. And for certain jobs, they're going to want to see that you have that experience, but it's really reps that people are looking for. And so freelancing for me was a good way to get in front of the camera, you know, get comfortable, make all my mistakes. And then eventually, you know, you'll get an opportunity to get in the studio or get on network reporting. And that's kind of how you then transition. Cause you always want to have a, an updated reel for, for anyone. Cause that's the first thing you're going to ask for um, in TV or radio is to send in your reel, which is basically a clip of your best work. Um, and so having, you know, network stuff on there was, was important, but it's not always necessary though. And here you are now. Yep. So it all worked out. <laughs> Joy, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show today. I really appreciate it. Make sure that you subscribe to her podcast, everybody. Maybe I'm crazy and keep up with her on Fox sports. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi everyone. And thank you for sending <laughs> questions and yeah, check me out on the herd and watch all the shows on FS1 and you can get the podcast. Maybe I'm crazy podcasts on everything on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, uh, iHeartMedia, and SoundCloud. Yes. There's the plug. That's all I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Okay, thank you.